Hi, and welcome to the Pulpit to Pew podcast. My name's Brad McClure. You see, there was a time when I stood behind a pulpit each week and had the opportunity to teach God's Word. Today, I'm a banker, and each week I sit in a pew just like you. I may have gone from the pulpit to the pew, but I haven't lost my love for learning and teaching God's Word. And that's what this podcast is all about. So, grab your Bibles and let's study God's Word together. Hello, welcome back to the Pulpit to Pew podcast. So glad you chose to join us once again this week. And this week, I want to continue in our study of David. Last week, we were in 1 Samuel 25, and I only looked at verse 1, but backed up, and we talked about the legacy of Samuel. Samuel was a godly man. He was kind of that in-between. He was the last judge, but he was the first of the new prophets. He was a godly man, and we spent some time there. But I want to take you back to the week before that, because do you remember the week before that, we discussed how David was in a cave and Saul came in to relieve himself, and David could have killed him. His men wanted him to kill him, but he didn't. Instead, he he cut off just a part of the outer garment that Saul wore. And Saul left the cave, and then David came out at one point and said, Hey, Saul, and here I am, and I could have killed you, and I didn't. And Saul Saul says, Listen, I'm wrong. I'm so sorry. And they, and they get things right. But remember, David would not lift his hand against God as anointed. He, he had his chance of revenge, and instead of allowing his anger to come out and, and to get back at the one that's caused him pain, he instead showed, I believe, led of the Spirit, he showed graciousness, he showed restraint, and he showed love to his king. Now, I say that for a very specific reason. Because we are one chapter ahead. I do believe we've went ahead in some time because David has now moved on from, he's got his 600 men, but we're going to see he does have some possessions now. He's, he's living in a land, he's got some cattle. So I don't know how much time has passed, but some time has passed. But the principle that I want to talk about is still the same. So look in chapter 25, if you're following along, if you're driving or exercising or whatever and listening, then I'm going to, I'm just going to read to you for a second. Chapter 25, verse 2, it says, And there was a man in Maon whose possessions were in Carmel. And the man was very great, and he had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats. And he was shearing his sheep in Carmel. Now the man, now the name of the man was Nabal, which... Would come up later, I may touch on this, but his, his name means fool or foolish. And he's going to live up to his name. It says the name of his wife was Abigail. And she was a woman of good understanding and of beautiful countenance. But the man was churlish and evil in his doings. And he was of the house of Caleb. And David heard in the wilderness that Nabal did shear his sheep. And David sent out ten young men and And David said to the young men, get you up to Carmel and go to Nabal and greet him in my name. And so David was very innocent. He thought this was just going to be something simple, something innocent. He goes, I sent some of his men to go greet Nabal in his name, in the name of David, which everybody 
at this point basically knows who David is. He killed Goliath. He was the body armor guard of basically of Saul at one point. He's running from Saul. He was. Now he's kind of in peace. But verse 6 it says, And and thus shall you say to him that liveth in prosperity, Peace be both to thee, and peace be to thine house, and peace be unto all that thou hast. It's a very, very cordial conversation. And now I have heard that thou hast shears. Now thy shepherds, which were with us, we hurt them not. Neither was there aught missing unto them all the while they were in Carmel. So, Apparently, at some point, the shepherds of Nabal had come into the place to where David was, and David took care of them. They didn't hurt them. They provided for them. They cared for them. And then the time when they left, they left, and they left better than they came. David took care of Nabal's people. He says, verse 7, And now I have heard that thou hast shears. Now thy shepherds, which I already read this, but I'll read it again, which were with us, we hurt them not, neither was there any aught missing unto them, all the while they were in Carmel. Ask thy young men, and they will show thee. Wherefore, let the young men find favor in thine eyes. So let my guys find favor in your eyes, since your guys found favor in my eyes. For we come in good day. Give, I pray thee, whatsoever cometh to thy hand and to thy servants. And to thy son David. So there was something that David needed, and he thought, well, we took care of your servants, your shepherds, and so will you just help us out and take care of us? Sounds fair. He says, And I pray thee, whatsoever cometh to thine hand, to thy servants, and thy son David. Verse 9, And when David's young men came, they spake to Nabal according to all the words which in the name of David and ceased. They just got quiet. And Nabal answered David's servants and said, Who is David? Now, he knows who David is. This is a term of disgust. It's kind of like, it, it, it's just like trying to say he's a nobody. I don't care about him. Who is he? It's, it's not saying, he's not actually asking the question. It's more of an accusation. It's more of an insult. He says, because if he didn't know who David was, why would he say this? And who is the son of Jesse? Well, how'd you know he was the son of Jesse? They didn't say that. There be many servants nowadays that break away every man from his own master. So now he's accusing him of maybe running away and being this fraud. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my flesh that I have killed for my shears and give it unto men whom know not whence they be? So David's young men turned their way and went again and came and told all those sayings. So, they went there, they, they told him all about all the good things that David, their master, had done for Nabal's men. And in return, Nabal insults them, insults David, mocks him in a sense, and doesn't help. Okay, so how is David going to respond to this? And this just kind of leads to our thought, because we've watched David be pursued by a king He's done nothing wrong, but he is constantly being attacked by Saul, and yet he responds with grace. It's obvious he's spirit-filled and, and led by the Holy Spirit. So I'm sure, and you're sure, right? As we listen to this podcast, he's going to respond the right way to this insult, right? Well, verse 13, And David said unto his men, Gurgi on every man his sword and they girded on every man his sword and David also girded out his sword and there went up after David about 400 men and 200 abode by the stuff 
But one of the young men told Abigail, Nabal's wife, saying, Behold, <laughs> David sent messengers out of the wilderness, and he told him what happened. He said, verse 17, Now therefore know and consider thou wilt do, for evil is determined against our master and against all of his household, for he is such the son of Belial. So she, she went and said, Hey, there's some bad things about to happen. David has girded his man, men. He said, guys, get everyone your swords. Everybody get ready. We are going to go slaughter Nabal and his people. David's angry. You don't insult me. I'm David. All of a sudden, this humble young man has been hurt again. And it's hurt by someone that's not the king. And he wants to get his revenge. And here's the thought that's been on my mind throughout this. I think I'm going to stop my reading. He comes, he comes angry. Abigail, the wife of Nabal the fool, who acted a fool. She comes and kind of intercepts David and gives a gift and says, you know, please forgive me. My, my, my master, my husband, he's been foolish. He is living up to his name. Here's a gift. You have been good to us. And David says to her, you have stopped me from doing wrong. But David got triggered. Have you ever been there? And the thought that's been on my mind as I've, as I've kind of just walking through the life of David is this. In one moment, he was spirit-filled and responded right. In the very next chapter... He was flesh-filled and responded wrong. And though there's been some time, which weakens my point some, but the point is still the same. You and I have to be on guard every moment of every day. Because we constantly have this battle that Galatians talks about. There's the spirit that wants me to respond to situations in love and peace and joy and long-suffering. But my flesh constantly wants to get the revenge. My flesh and your flesh wants to respond in selfishness, wants to respond in frustration, and wants to respond in the wrong way. And there's this constant battle. And in every moment, in every unique situation, whether it be the king or whether it be some rich man who's stuck on himself named Nabal, you have to respond the right way. And David in one instance responded in a way that would be pleasing to God. In this next one, he is about to do something incredibly wrong because he's angry, because he's not listening to God in this moment. In the one moment he did, and it quit, it bothered him just to cut the part of the skirt. That's it. That's a small thing. And now he's ready to commit murder. Why? He's not being vigilant. He's not on guard. He's let his guard down. He's not listening to the Holy Spirit. He is just going. And I say this, just because you had a good day yesterday and responded in biblical ways yesterday, doesn't mean it's going to be easy today. Doesn't mean you're not going to need to try today or yield today. Every day presents new circumstances. And different people may bring out different emotions in you. 
But the Bible still tells us, and David didn't have this. He didn't have Galatians chapter 5 for him like we do. But Galatians tells us that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, goodness, meekness, faith, temperance, long-suffering, all of these. That's the fruit of the Spirit. And we have to be prepared that whether it is someone that's high over us, an authority that has done something wrong, like Saul, or it's someone that's just a peer, like Nabal, it doesn't mean that one deserves the respect and the other doesn't. God says we are to respond in the right way. And David was about to blow it. He was willing to commit murder over how someone treated him. Now, I don't know that you and I, I hope, if you're a podcast listener and you're that close to murder, maybe find a different podcast. But I don't know that you and I would would get to that place. But the Bible says that there's hatred that can form in our hearts. It's, we could be just as guilty of, of murder. And David, this one that responded so tenderly in chapter 24 is ready to kill in chapter 25 that just reminds us i I'm, for some reason it doesn't fully apply but it's on my mind right now i'm just thinking about when when jesus told his disciples just watch and pray and that watch part is so important he said another place maybe a similar passage but he says the spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak and there's going to come times we say, you know what, I want to respond, but boy, they just pushed the right button. Well, the Holy Spirit is greater than that button being pushed. And we have to just be on guard. It's, it, I, I think David, God spared David. God sent Abigail, this godly woman. She, she, was, she was a godly woman. And I think, I think it was God that sent her to stop David from doing something super foolish. And and I wonder how many times in my life God sends people in my path that protect me from doing foolish things. I'm sure he has. David realizes in that moment, boy, I was about to do something dumb. And But you know what God did for David? God did what he tells, tells us in the New Testament he will do. God got the revenge. He stopped David from doing something foolish. It's not David's part. David needs to respond in what we now call the fruit of the Spirit. But God got his revenge because Nabal ended up dying that evening. I think he fell off his chair, if I remember right. I could read ahead and look ahead, but he was he, he died. And God got his revenge for his man, the man after his own heart, David, but he didn't want David to get it himself. That would be sin. That would be against the ways of God. And I wonder how many times in our life we want to get what's right for us. We want to get the revenge. They have wronged us. And God, maybe God has been sending some Abigails in your life to try to stop you from living this life of revenge and anger and resentment, but we're ignoring the Abigails. If David would have blown by Abigail on his horse, he would have done something that he forever regretted. But thankfully, he stopped and talked to an Abigail. 
Maybe this week's podcast is an Abigail in a sense for you. It's it's that warning saying, hey, you know what? You don't. You don't need to live in that anger and bitterness and resentment. You need to walk in the spirit. You need to be a chapter 24, David, not a chapter 25, David. Or if you're going to be a chapter 25, David, be the one that was willing to stop and humble himself and say, I am wrong. And thanks, Abigail. Nabal later died. And then once he died, David took Abigail to be his wife. And what a picture, though, in chapter 25 of what could have been terribly bad. And two different responses out of David. And it just tells us, it just reminds us, it just puts us on alert that that flesh is going to want to win out all the time. We've got to be on guard. We've got to be yielded to God every moment of every day in every situation with every person because we just don't know what could happen if we let our flesh have its way. Hey, thanks for sticking around for the ramblings. If that podcast was an encouragement to you, maybe it wasn't. Maybe the last one was. If any of the podcasts have been an encouragement to you, would you go to where you're listening and leave a review if you can, especially if you're an Apple podcast? And would you hit the subscribe button? Hitting the subscribe button just guarantees that these podcasts will come to you. It does cost you nothing. All you have to do is that. And then I want to remind you about the newsletter that comes out. We had a couple new ones that have signed up for it recently. And uh, so I want to encourage you to go to that. All of this, you can go to bradmcclure.org, O-R-G, and you can sign up for the newsletter. You can also find the podcast there. But if you're listening to it on your phone, there's a way to subscribe. Very easy. Just hit the follow or subscribe button and then leave a review if you can. And that would really help. So... Just finished golfing with my dad. He beat me. It's my first time playing. He plays like twice a week. I played absolutely terrible. And so I had to, I I just, it was rough. I had to give that podcast coming off a loss. That's not easy to do. Not easy to do, but uh, I was able to overcome. But no, uh, I really don't know in the ramblings part what all I want to ramble about. I've been trying, I've I've been, I'll I'll say this. Here's what I'll leave you. Here's what I'm going to give you this week. I I need to send a picture out, but I chose, and I mentioned this a few times, maybe in my writing, I chose about eight goals for the month of June. I wrote out this little, I took a, a dot journal, a bullet journal, and I drew out this little map. I got it from John Acuff, and all it is, I, at the top, I put one through 30, and at the bottom, I kind of put what day of the week it is. It started on a Wednesday. And then if I accomplish one of my goals, well, I'm, on, I'm doing keto again. Eat less than 50 carbs. I just put an X on that, number one. And I've, I've got write 300 words a day, uh, daily proverb, read 15 minutes in the book. I've just got all these goals, and I just put an X on it. And just watching the X's on the page is motivating me. I can't. It's like a child. I just can't wait to hit the X or put an X on the paper. It's just like a kid putting a smiley face in his Sunday school class. I just like it for some reason, but it's cute. It's an accountability thing for me and it's helping. And maybe that's something you might want to do or think about or challenge yourself with. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. Thanks for sticking around for the ramblings. 
I hope you have a wonderful week. Sunday we'll be back with our studies in the book of 1 John. And if you have any questions, as always, reach out to me. I may do another question and answer podcast at some point. I would love to entertain your questions. So have a great week.